0: Welcome to The Balance. My name is Katlyn Tucker, and this mini episode is focused on the social-emotional skill of self-management. So if you missed the last mini episode, we focused on self-awareness, which is really the cornerstone of all the other social-emotional skills. So if you missed that one, go ahead and pause this and check it out, and then revisit us here as we chat about self-management. So self-management is the ability to regulate one's feelings, one's thoughts, behaviors effectively in a variety of situations, hopefully to achieve a particular outcome or goal. And self-management includes our ability to delay gratification. So can we postpone an immediate reward in favor of a greater reward that might take longer to accomplish or achieve? Are we able to manage our stress in healthy ways? And as educators, we know we are seeing more students struggling with stress and anxiety than ever in and outside the classroom. Are we motivated to pursue and kind of stick with challenging tasks. And I know that's another thing I hear a lot of educators kind of feel frustrated by, which is when students approach a task that is really challenging, or maybe it's unfamiliar, or it's causing them to stretch in uncomfortable ways, they tend to kind of throw their hands up in the air and say, you know, I don't know how to do this, or I don't want to do this. So can we get them to a place where they're motivated to stick with those challenging tasks? And obviously, as well, to enjoy the agency, to make meaningful decisions in order to accomplish specific goals. All of these things are part of the skill of self-management. And to really help students cultivate these skills, I want educators to consider the following questions, kind of really thinking about your current practice. First, what strategies do you think you can provide students to help them manage their emotions and even reflect on the impact of their actions? How can we support students in cultivating stress management strategies? Where might those live in the day to day routines in our classrooms? How can a regular practice of goal setting really impact our students' motivation over time? And I'm not talking about the goals that a computer program spits out for them, but really goals they articulate as meaningful for themselves. And that might be a mix of personal goals, academic goals, behavioral goals, and what planning and or organizational strategies might we provide students that would help them to take ownership over their own learning? So these are questions that can kind of get us thinking about how are we currently or how could we in the future help students to develop self-management skills? Now, self-management has a lot of benefits. Um, there was a really large-scale study done that found that self-management is a better indicator of student learning than other measures of socio-emotional skills, um, which I thought was really interesting. So, it positively impacts graduation rates when students can self-manage academic achievement, self-efficacy, or their kind of confidence in their ability to complete work or navigate complex tasks. It positively impacts the quality of their relationship with other members of a learning community, and has an overall positive impact on classroom management. So how can we help students to develop this ability to regulate their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors without it feeling like an add-on, something additional we have to do, but instead kind of folding it into our day-to-day work with learners. So the first strategy I think is really helpful is just having a regular routine for setting academic, behavioral, and or personal goals. Some teachers like to do this kind of short-form goal setting where the welcome task on Monday, ask students to sit, think about something they hope to achieve or work toward that week, and keep goals really narrow and focused so students can experience success accomplishing a goal in a very short period of time. So maybe the welcome task on a Monday is to set an academic or behavioral goal that a student want, wants to work toward. But I think beyond just saying, hey, this is meaningful to me, I want to work toward this goal, we also want to challenge them to think about how they're going to make progress toward that goal. What actions and behaviors are going to bring them closer to achieving this particular goal? And even, you know, kind of a third step in this goal setting process is to ask them to think about what would achieving that goal, what would success feel like or look like? What do they expect to experience if they successfully reach a particular goal? And then on Friday, you can end the week with kind of a reflection on on their progress toward the particular goal they set on Monday. That's one way to approach it. Other teachers might prefer to have students set three SMART goals in relation to a particular grading period. So lots of different ways to get students setting goals. But we want to really build it into the fabric of our classroom. And if we conference with students, you know, anchoring those conversations in their goal setting tasks can be, or their goal setting sheets, can be very, very powerful and grounding. The second kind of strategy is teaching students how to kind of prioritize tasks, maybe make to-do lists that they can work from, whether that's on paper or using a tool like Google Keep. I think one of the things I've observed a lot working with students, particularly secondary students, is they have so many different classes that they are taking at a given time, and the different tasks can end up piling up and feel very overwhelming. So simply listing them out so that students can kind of check them off as they complete a particular task, whether, again, it's in an agenda, a to-do list, um, a digital space like a Google Keep, just helping students wrap their minds around what is it that I have to do? What are my top priorities on this list? And then when I'm done with things, let's cross it off so I know what I've achieved and what I need to kind of focus on next. Another way to kind of get students improving their own self-management is to have a meaningful strategy in place when students make a mistake in the classroom, right? They have a misstep. They do something they shouldn't do. Often that, that yields kind of a consequence, but it doesn't often ask them to kind of take a moment and think about why did I do this? And what particular class expectation or agreement did my behavior violate? So one of the things I use in coaching sessions a lot with teachers is what I call a safe space reflection form. So if students do have a misstep in class, instead of just, you know, providing them with a consequence, you know, separating them, moving them to a different location, contacting parents, Also building in a reflective practice, asking students, whether it's in writing or maybe in a video recording, what happened? Describe the situation in your own words, because sometimes as a teacher, we see one thing, but there's something else actually going on. Which of our class agreements did this behavior violate? why did you do this? You know, what motivated this behavior? Often the answer to that question has nothing to do with what's happening in the classroom and everything to do with stuff in their lives beyond the physical classroom. Um, How did your behavior impact me, your teacher? How did it impact your classmates? How did it impact yourself? And if you find yourself in a similar situation in the future, how might you handle it differently? And is there something I can do as your teacher to support you in these moments? So building in a reflective practice can help students develop a heightened sense of awareness around what they did, why they did it, what was the impact, but also help them to hopefully make different, more productive choices in the future. I have Five strategies total. In a blog that I wrote about self management, I talk about conducting a retrospective. I talk about you know giving students opportunities to make choices, giving them agency with a strategy that feels more sustainable. So for anybody who's interested in really shining a light on kind of self management and helping students get a little bit stronger and in kind of refine this particular social emotional skill, feel free to check out the blog that is in the notes for. this podcast. I will also link to Castle Framework, which is where all of these social emotional so- skills are presented and broken down in a really beautiful way for educators. But really, the goal is to weave these routines into the fabric of our classes so that we're helping students to develop these critical skills while they're also kind of learning the, the subject area content and the subject area skills we're responsible for. The next mini episode is going to focus on the social-emotional learning skill of responsible decision-making, so join me for that one. And I'd love for any educators who have questions about blended learning, online learning, teaching, grading, assessments in general, student engagement, anything related to education, if you find me on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, I am trying to collect teacher questions. I'm recording reels, but I also in the new year want to start a ask Catlin mini episode format where I answer a lot of your questions. So I would love for you guys to send those to me so I can answer them on a future episode.